You are listening to I Doubt It with me, your host, Jesse Dolliman, a podcast dedicated to free-thinking discussion, ideas, skepticism, but most importantly, a good time. everybody let's do this episode 18 of i doubt it i am your host your beloved host <laughs> jesse dollamore and sitting across from me is the lovely yet perpetually distracted Brittany page hello everybody what's what's going on you you know we we host a podcast right yeah i'm just daydreaming about food <laughs> You're just staring off blankly into space. I'm in need of some delicious grub. Mm, it is Soul Food Sunday. Yeah, I'm hoping that I can have some of that. <laughs> well, welcome everybody. We appreciate your your patronage. We appreciate we appreciate your listenership. And uh, like I said, this is I doubt it. Your twice weekly source for news, 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 and comment. Coming at you from Orange County, California. Which, by the way, we, I was just flipping through the channels earlier today and saw Orange County Housewives of Orange County or whatever the hell that show Ugh. is. And goddamn, people watch that show? Yeah, they do. That is amazing. And yeah. we're not going to spend any time on it. I don't know why I just brought it up. But if you watch that show, I think you need to reexamine your life because... You have massive deficits somewhere. Well, what's the benefit of watching that? Well, I think that could be said of any show. What's the benefit of watching Game of Thrones? But that show especially is just vapid. I think it it subtracts from the sum of human of human knowledge and understanding, and it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get some of the housekeeping out of the way. Like I said, episode 18, we are rapidly approaching that 25 episode mark please get at us at the show on itunes rate and review uh you can do the same on stitcher if you're not an iphone or an apple product uh brainwash a member of the brainwash club like i am our facebook page is sitting there waiting for you to take advantage of the fun that is there um, oh speaking of that i would like to give a shout out to Jamie in Washington State, she gave us a great idea to put new things up on the website prior to us actually talking about them to try to uh, elicit a little a little bit of conversation, and we appreciate that very much. Um, we don't appreciate as much the fact that you are so engaged with the show and haven't rated or reviewed us on yeah. iTunes. What is going on with that? So, Jamie from Washington State. Get your shit together, girl. <laughs> wow. <laughs> girl, huh? Yeah, didn't you see I was doing the old the old head cock? I did see it. I wasn't going to announce that to everybody because I, I was embarrassed. I almost snapped when I said it. Yeah. Mm -mm. Hey, girl. Get your review on. So, like I said, uh, not to call you out by name, Jamie from Washington State, but uh, I expect... In fact... It's not just for Jamie. 
from Washington State. This goes for, for you. That's you. Yeah, you listening. Don't look left or right. I'm talking to you. You have not rated or reviewed the show, yet you listen. So I'm not asking for money. We're not asking for money. The only payment that I will graciously accept is for you to rate and review the, the show, the free show. I am offering you free of charge, wonderful laughs and information. And in return, all that I'm asking for, apart from your time listening to the show constantly, is rate and review. Whether it be iTunes or what other medium you have out there to rate and review the show. So is that begging? I'm getting aggressive now about it. I'm like, it felt really personal. Well, personal, and I'm I'm really targeting now. Yeah, it's yeah. you know, one time I was at a at a parking meter, and this was in downtown Boise. They don't, or they didn't at the time have the uh, the credit card. the credit card ones, uh, parking meters, and I'm I'm putting change into a parking meter, and I get approached by what I would consider an aggressive homeless person, very aggressive. And I can't lie and say I don't have change because I have a fistful of quarters that I'm <laughs> shoveling into this machine. And he, he approached me aggressively wanting money. So that's, I'm kind of that guy right now. Yeah, you are. Yeah. I feel like that's a great, great example of what you're doing to everybody. <laughs> you're like a homeless man. Yeah. Begging. Very much like a homeless man. How dare you do that to our listeners? Oh, how dare I? So everyone to whom my voice is pouring into your ear hole, uh, I would expect a little payment for my services. In the form of a delicious, perfect review. Perfect, tasty review. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, in the scope of, of... Jamie did give us, Jamie from Washington State, did give us a great idea about the Facebook page and putting things up front. So I appreciate that. But the problem with all the, 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 the ideas that I'm not figuring out that I'm having to have the audience help me with is the fact that social media is so brand new. I certainly don't have it figured out, but I don't think a lot of people do. So you've got, well, let's put it this way. There's a lot of things that people do on social media that are ridiculous. We've already talked about some of them. Well, not just even selfies, though. I mean, if you are announcing how charitable you are and the fact that you gave a homeless guy money on the street or whatever you donated to some cause. If you're announcing that on, on social media, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. It's, you're clearly not getting the, you know, there's a, there's a set of scriptures in the Bible and I know this is a red letter day, red letter, no, no pun intended, but this is a, 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 an occasion to be marked in history that I'm getting ready to quote scripture. <laughs> I'm getting ready to quote scripture on the show. There's a lot of good stuff in the Bible. There's, there is a lot. I mean, there's a ton of bad shit, but there's a ton of good shit. And Matthew chapter six, verses one through six are some verses that Jesus, he had his shit together. He knew what he was talking about. And I'm reading from the King James because many people think that's the only actual real version of the Bible, although it's fucking ridiculously hard to read. Um, Matthew chapter six, verses one through six. Take heed that you ye, take heed that you do not alms before men, meaning 
give alms, give charity, that you do not alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Shouldn't it be who art in heaven? It's a person. Of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee. <laughs> no, that's it says to do the trumpet noise. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's parenthetical. Yeah, okay. Uh, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, mm. <laughs> that they may have glory of men. Verily, I say unto you, they have their reward. I, I want to start using verily more in sentences. Yeah, it's a good word. You think you think I would be well received? I think so, yeah. Okay, well, verily, I'm going to continue. Uh, the chap, uh, Verse 3, but when thou doest alms, let not, let not thou, thy left hand... Know what thy right hand doeth. That that could be a lot of different things. This could be a scripture about masturbation for all I'm Oh, concerned. God. <laughs> I'm not sure it is. So verse 4, that thine alm may be in secret, and thy father, which seeth, seeth it, it secret himself, shall reward thee openly. Now, damn, this is hard to get through. The way it's written, you know. You're doing great. <laughs> uh, verse 5, and when thou prayest... And this is one for Tim Tebow. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets and on the sideline at football games. That they what? No. Oh, I sorry. I I thought it said that. It oh, didn't okay. say that. And in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily, I say unto you, they have their reward. And Bam. finally, it wraps it up. Verse six. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thou closet, into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. That's this is this is gold. This is great stuff. It is, and you read it wonderfully. Oh yeah, thank you. Thou as great I at did, reading that. I did. Verily, I say unto thee, I didn't even break into my John Hagee gold, uh, <laughs> my you know old Pentecostal. It might have been good for you to do that. No, that would have been very no. entertaining. I would have blown out the, with this mic and the setup we have. Uh, it definitely would have been it too powerful. Yes, T- too much. Yeah. So it is an interesting phenomenon. Yeah, it's bizarre. Even for non-Christians and non-religious types, it's this is great advice. If you're going to give, give for, for the joy of giving. Don't give for the joy of the credit you're going to get when you blab about it on fucking Twitter. Yeah, or when you post a status on Facebook and you hashtag charitable. Uh, I've, I've seen people that do that. That is just, that is dirty. I, have, I mean, there's something dirty about that. Yeah, I have seen that happen. Ugh. But it's kind of like you. I've seen you, you know, give a sandwich to a homeless person or... Only after I was done. I was full. I must have been full when when I did that because I don't give up food. Yeah. You uh, actually did like a pre-feeding thing like Alicia Silverstone to the homeless person. So that's what I was talking about. Um, but I didn't want to get into specifics of how you gave him your sandwich. Pre-chewing. Yeah. He was a baby bird. <laughs> but the, And I've seen you do other things like that, but... You've never gone on social media and been like, oh, I just gave my sandwich to a homeless person, you know, but that's what people do. And it's kind of weird. I don't know. It's a weird thing. It's dirty. I mean, there's something 
Ugh, it's unclean. It's gross. It's gross. I guess that's yeah. that is a fitting. That's fitting. Well, and there's also a word for it, which is the humble brag. Oh yeah, the humble. There's actually a Twitter account. Uh, humble. It's at humble brag. I think. Yeah. And this person, this wonderful saint, has provided us with awesome retweets. That there's no commentary. It's only retweets of people who do the hashtag humble brag. Yeah. And they're not hashtagging their tweets with the humble brag. The humble brag account goes out and finds these tweets because it's from celebrities. It's from average people and they just retweet the tweets. So there are some fantastic ones. I'll just, I'll read a couple. <laughs> they're so good. This one is from Benjamin Fulfer wrote in my journal about the honesty of a broken heart. My words moved me. Strange feeling. Oh, I'm getting sick. All right. That is gross. Like I said, gross. Yeah, my words moved me. Calm down there, guy. <laughs> Tasha Robinson. I think I just turned down interviewing Ben Affleck in person because I'll be busy interviewing Joseph Gordon-Levitt in person. Hashtag life is weird. Uh, <laughs> how about hashtag I'm a dick. <laughs> Uh, this is Sarah X S O D M G. Only I can rock a $700 handbag and a $100 shirt and still manage to look homeless. Goddamn. It, really, the humble brag is it's a super perfect, apt description of what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. They're terrible people. These are terrible human beings. Yeah. Okay. Here's one from Chris Evans. Captain America. Mm, oh, God, yes. We just watched this yesterday. Here we go, Celts, Celtics. Wish I was in Boston for this game. Prague will have to do. What a dickhole. We know you're rich. We know you're famous. We know you're chiseled out of granite, you douche. <laughs> you don't have to let us know that you're also a legendary world world traveler mm, i'm in prague prague will have to do oh weird a celebrity is traveling the world i'm so shocked yeah um here's one from patty stanger she is the millionaire matchmaker woman oh yeah yeah well she's a vapid freak anyway but let's hear it her tweet is why is it men always tell me i'm beautiful when i don't have a stitch of makeup on so crazy isn't she kind of a hag I don't know, but that is just people know everyone reading that knows that's transparent, right? I, or are there people that read that and think that Oh she's yeah, just girl. saying that? Yeah, I have no idea. It's disgusting. So <clears throat> moving on. <laughs> there's more. <laughs> oh yeah, there's tons, but I tried to pick the best ones. This one is from Emily Marie, and some of these might not be famous people. I don't know who this chick is, but I love when people ask me if I'm a model. Mm. I see that a lot. I bet. This one's from Bill Maher. Oh, my favorite. Just getting to the book review section, forgot I had a book out. Seeing it on the New York Times bestseller list is a thrill. It's pretty funny. Yet you forgot you had a book out? Right. Well, you know, it's it's not like he's Bill O'Reilly who has... I could see Bill O'Reilly forgetting he has a book out because yeah. he always has like 12 books out at a time. Yeah. But Bill Maher really... You've maybe authored three books. You just forgot. Oh, I, I just dawned on me that I ha I wrote a book 
I went through the entire process of writing a book and having it published and signing a book deal with a publisher. I forgot all about that and woke up and realized I'm on the New York bestseller list. Amazing. What a dick. This is the last one from Sean Smith. The last one we've picked out. Yes. (laughs) Two master's degrees and I can't make an iPod work. Hashtag not winning. Now, I just, I wonder if these people know if they're being douchey. Like, before they tweet, they're kind of smiling to themselves and thinking, ah, I'm such a douche. But then they send it off anyway. No, I think they're probably thinking, oh, this is super clever. I think I'm really going to, everybody's going to be super impressed. Because I've, since seeing this Twitter account, I get nervous to, like, post things about positive things happening in my life. Uh, like when I got into graduate school just a month ago or whatever, and I was kind of nervous to post it because I don't want it to look like a humble brag. But I think it's different when you talk about your accomplishments just occasionally, you know? I don't think there's anything wrong with having said, hey, everybody, I just got into grad school. I'm super proud of this accomplishment. That's an appropriate response. Yeah. But... Um, I've got two master's degrees and I can't figure out an iPod. Mm, I'm so silly. That's, <laughs> that's stupid. Or, oh, I'm so moved by my ability to get into graduate school. It's amazing. Oh, life goals accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you to these assholes who have done this because it is providing fodder for a really good time in my life to make fun of them. Yeah. Because one of my greatest pleasures in life is just to sit on a park bench and make fun of people. Oh. It it is very, very, very fun. I just learned that about you. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. It's good. And and everyone should try it. If you ever see me sitting on a park bench. Join you. Yeah. Come over. It's not, I'm not in deep self-reflection or. Any of that. I'm not, you know, contemplating the meaning of life or the ex- my existence within the grand scheme of, of the universe. Not. No. I'm making fun of people. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's a good. great way to spend your time. You know, another another aspect of the newness of social media and people kind of finding their way within it, it's not just the humble brag, although that is a beautiful gift from the God that doesn't exist. It also is slacktivism. These new terms that we have that have come out in reference to activity, like the selfie, it's a new term. Hashtag slacktivism is another one, which describes, well, for instance, remember a couple of years ago, it was almost two years ago to this month, it was March of 2012, the Coney 2012 hashtag. Yes. from It was a viral internet video that went out because of the charity organization Invisible Children. Mm-hmm. And it was an effort to get the word out about a war criminal, Joseph a Coney. Terrible guy. Terrible guy, for sure. And he leads the Lord's Resistance Army. And they do terrible things to everybody. Wait a minute. Christians, are, they're never responsible for mass murder. No one believing in Jesus commits mass murder. Yeah, they're not. That we might he, he believes he's a prophet. Oh, he does? I think so. Wow. Good for him. That's big time. Yeah, so this... this I aspire to be a prophet. Yeah, this video <laughs> went viral. Everybody was sharing it. Everybody was 
outraged and jumping on jumping on the bandwagon everybody was just going out of control with this coney 2012 thing and i remember wondering what the point of it all was like where it was going yeah they just wanted to get the word out about the guy well then where does that go yeah sharing a link to a video on youtube you're not you're not an activist you're not doing anything and there were people that were proclaiming themselves as activists and i remember asking well well what are you going to be doing like how are you going to continue to be involved with this cause you well, know people get offended when you question their what their end game what, yeah. what are you what are you actually going to do i definitely think it's a worthy thing for Absolutely. people to talk about and get interested in so i was kind of curious just well what are you going to do rather than just sharing this this video link and there were people that told me, oh, well, I'm going to start these meetings in, you know, the town that I'm from in Idaho. And <laughs> here we are in 2014. And I haven't seen that individual post about this and, since 2012. And Coney, Joseph Coney is still on the loose. He is still out there. Yeah. So all of your link sharing and all of your hashtagging Coney 2012, you didn't really get anything done at all. Apparently he's... Very difficult to catch because it's brutal. Yeah, we can we can kill Osama bin Laden, but Joseph Coney, he's he's too much of a mastermind. It, it's you know this guy's still a brutal murderer, and enlisting child soldiers to his cause, and we can't find him. And your hashtag did nothing to find him. But slacktivism is it's everything. It's not just about Coney. It's every time whatever. Whatever the wind blows one way, and the new the new cause comes in, and everybody's tweeting about it, or everybody's putting it on Facebook, they're not actually doing anything, other than letting you know that they know about it, and that they're going to tweet or put it on Facebook. It, it's ridiculous. And that's kind of where the term slacktivism came from, because you can post a link, and you don't need to be involved further at yeah. that point you can be a slacker you don't need to go and volunteer at an organization you don't need to donate money to a cause you don't need to do anything that's actually beneficial it's kind of like praying i'm just kidding <laughs> um and <laughs> i'm not kidding about that that's often no no i'm gonna sidetrack you i'm oh, gonna okay. i'm gonna uh -oh. i'm gonna hijack the sorry topic everybody here. i did it <laughs> um that is another thing the people that are i'll pray for you yeah why don't you go if someone is sick and you offer to pray for them, why don't you do something? Why don't you donate money? Like someone, I know, I know several people who, who have cancer. They have a terrible disease that is, that is eating them from the inside, and they're probably going to die. And you're going to offer them prayer to the, to the ether? You're going to say a prayer to, that's just going to go up in the atmosphere and nothing's going to happen? Make them dinner. Go over to their house. Do something for them. Donate money to help them pay their medical bills, do something other than slack to be a slacktivist, which includes praying. Sorry, everybody. I know we we got we did away with the religious roundup, but God damn it, do something to actually help the person. I'll just say this real quick because the the topic that we're discussing reminds me of a Ricky Gervais quote that he tweeted when the Oklahoma tornado happened. I think it was more Oklahoma. Yeah. So famous atheist Ricky Gervais retweeted an MTV news message that read Beyonce, Rihanna and Katy Perry send prayers to Oklahoma. Hashtag pray for Oklahoma. And he captioned it. I feel like an idiot now. I only sent money. Goddamn. Awesome. 
yeah. So that's kind of what the slacktivism is about. It's, you know, don't just post a link. Don't just talk about it and act like, I mean, you can share the link. Sure, it's great to get the word out. But, you know, don't act like you're being an activist because you're doing that. Don't act like you're making a giant difference. Yeah. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I will calm down. Oh, wait, you weren't talking to me. No. <laughs> So here's here's I mean, we're going to wrap this up on the not the show, but this this whole this rant, because I just thought of this. Here's another thing that bothers me about social media is when people put in there. It's it's this. It doesn't bother me. It just I think it's weird that what people will put in their profile. Like the description of themselves, you know, they, you know, you describe your like mine on Twitter says something about future failed, mildly talented screenwriter. That might be a stretch. Uh <laughs> She almost said something. You were going to say something. I'm not saying anything. There's. We need to have a sound drop for when I'm shaking my head and looking at you. Like, how dare you say that? I know. That? So, so that's on my that's on my my Twitter account. That's my bio, and I think it's on um, Instagram too. But oh, cool. If you describe yourself with like being a vegan, if that's what defines you in your profile, or you mention that you do CrossFit or yoga, uh, you. Fucking stop it. Just fucking stop. That doesn't that's that's become kind of a weird culty thing, don't you think? Those those things, veganism and CrossFit and yoga. Yeah, I mean everybody has to have a community to belong to, I guess. Yeah, and it's I, a way yeah. for them to develop an identity, but it definitely has become well, kind of Yeah, but belonging to a community doesn't develop your identity. It's I belong to this community. Yeah, I definitely do see, you know, CrossFit and yoga people and vegan people that that pretty much becomes who they are. It's it's weird. It is kind of odd. I mean, I think I think being a vegan, unless you have a specific health reason to do so, like Bill Clinton, he will die if he doesn't because <laughs> he has no discipline. He's just a fat pig. He has to be a vegan. Otherwise, it's, you know, one cheeseburger leads to seven. Oh, with Bill Clinton. Yeah, I get that. I'm assuming, Mr. President. I have President. the same problem. I'm assuming. But th I just think that's weird. People define themselves by those things, and that's the main thing they put on their profile is vegan. Uh, it, yeah. That doesn't, that doesn't tell me about you, other than that you're a weirdo. So, anyway. Jesse hates vegans, everybody. I don't hate <laughs> vegans. It's just the only vegans I know are also, like, heavy smokers and shit. It just... It, you're clearly not the healthiest person in the world. Yeah. It's <laughs> funny also to see vegans traveling like to foreign places and then they're eating only vegan food. Why are you talking about the vegan food that you're eating in yeah. Germany? Yeah. <laughs> well, y there's so many delicious things to eat in Germany that's not vegan food. <laughs> so there's I that. It's like going to a foreign country and like, mmm, the water in Italy was so delicious. Or you go to Italy and eat at McDonald's. Uh, well, we know people like that. Yeah, you we, can you can get the food here. Why are you eating that food there? We know people who travel all the time, all the time. Like every weekend, they're going somewhere in the United States. Oh, we were in Savannah. We were in wherever. And oh, I don't. When we travel for, I don't. I just we find a McDonald's. I eat American food. I don't. What the. What are you doing? Yeah, that's crazy. You're robbing yourself. It's a disservice to yourself to try to find the local fried chicken and mashed potato place if you're in 
if you find yourself in Barcelona, what are you doing? Yeah. If I'm in New Orleans and I'm trying to find a McDonald's, I hope someone finds me and hits me right in the face with a baseball bat. Oh, yeah. I'll be with you more than likely, so it'll okay. happen. All right, thanks. I have one at the ready every time you need checked. Yeah, because... I know you do. <laughs> you think I just thought that that up randomly? It's because it's happened before, everybody. I'm just kidding. <laughs> mm, great. That's good to go. <laughs> You're telling our secrets. So last night was the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Yes, it was, which Host- I look forward to every year. Of course. Well, it's an event, It's and usually it's super fun. Well, I'm, now I'm spilling the beans. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, I'm spilling the beans. You don't have to apologize for me. I don't have the baseball wet with me. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so Joel McHale, who I thought was funny up until last night, Joel McHale hosted the 2014 White House Correspondents' Dinner. Hashtag WHCD2014, everybody. And he ruined my life. He ruined everybody's life. He even ruined Chris Christie's life. (laughs) Oh, he for sure ruined Chris Christie's life. Uh, I guess what we're saying is he was not not funny. And usually, it's very funny. Conan O'Brien did it last year, and he was funny. He was very funny. It wasn't as scurrilous as it usually is. Usually, it's like a roast. Yeah. Jimmy Kimmel did it one year. Yeah, very, very funny. Yeah, yeah, very funny. Seth Meyers in 2011. Jay Leno, 2010. Stephen Colbert did it one year. 2006. Yeah. Oh, was it that long ago? Yeah. Wow. But it's usually very funny. Cutting, biting, very, very funny. For example, one of Jimmy Kimmel's jokes, he told Obama to cover his ears if that's even physically possible. Oh, right. You know, it's like those kinds of jokes. I'm, get, I'm getting ready to tell a really bad joke. Cover your ears, Mr. President, if you can even do that. Yeah. Because Obama has giant ears. Yeah. So it's usually funny, insulting, hilarious things. Well, this year, there was a security failure because someone in the Secret Service should be fired. The president should never be that close to someone who's bombing. (laughs) Uh, That is true. That is true. I'm surprised they didn't yank him out of there in cuffs. Yeah. Joe McHale. They should have. Terrible. I don't think I laughed out loud one time. Which never happens. No, uh, I made fun of, or I, I mean, I laughed at when he made fun of Jay Carney for being like a, like one of the Hardy Boys or something like that. Oh, Ch- yeah. Boy investigator. There were a couple things. I Everybody thought it was out of bounds, but I thought it was funny when he talked about um, George Clooney's head being straight up Obama's asshole. I thought that was funny. Yeah. He didn't say it as funny as that, but. Yeah. I, I don't know who wrote his jokes this year. I don't know either. It, it, I think it must have been the programmers, the people who programmed healthcare.gov, because he didn't have comedians doing it. Yeah. It fucking terrible. Well, that's, is Joel McHale considered a comedian? I, that's probably how he got his start. That's how a lot of these guys get their start in, oh. in show business is being stand-ups, I think. I don't know. I mean, last time I talked to him, we weren't talking about what he, how he started his career. Yeah. But back to the, the Chris Christie thing, there should be a limit some kind of statutory limit on how many jokes you can tell, how many fat jokes about Chris Christie. Yeah. We, we get it. He's fat. Yeah. There, there were like 15 it, last night. And it wasn't even like Jimmy, when Jimmy Kimmel did it, he did like five fat jokes, but they were all boom, 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 boom in rapid succession. They all worked. They all played off one another. It was funny. When Joel McHale did it, it was all hacky and herky jerky. They weren't, 
It, it was, he was it, definitely having an issue reading the jokes. Like, it didn't sound like a monologue. It, no. It just, it sounded like he was rushing through them, like he was nervous or something. Well, he must be really skilled at using a teleprompter because on his show, The the, the Soup, very funny. Yeah, for and sure. He, he's clearly reading, but th- he, he failed. Is he married? I think he's married. Yeah, because his, his wife... A sense of humor must not be a quality that she's that she's really digging in a man. Maybe she just likes his nice hair. Well, either that or she likes dudes who are six foot four and one hundred and twenty pounds because yeah. it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, you're a chick. You like a sense of humor, right? That's something yeah. you're you find attractive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what are you and gonna do? John McHale ruined it for me, so that's cool. Listen. I've seen Michael Vick dogfighting videos <laughs> that were more entertaining than the White House Correspondents' Dinner last night. Ouch. Yeah. That might be the worst criticism that I've heard about John McHale. And the most topical. Yes. Because Michael Vick, you know, that's that happened last week. Yeah, it did. Actually, that happened in 2006 when, when Stephen Colbert hosted. Yeah. <laughs> Great job, Jesse D. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm topical. If I'm nothing, I'm topical. Keeping up with the times. So in the news, though, um, there is, I think this is in Mississippi, too, the, the, the We Don't Discriminate yeah. stickers. Yeah, that's Mississippi. Ugh. Where else would it be? Where else? The American Family Association has claimed that by pledging not to discriminate against their customers— Mississippi businesses are bullying Christians. Mm-hmm. The campaign was born after the state's governor, Phil Bryant, thank you, Phil, for having an easy-to-read name, mm-hmm. signed a religious freedom uh, law. It could have been Joseph Coney. You could read that one. Yeah. It may as well be. <laughs> Mayor of Mississippi, Joseph Coney. Governor of... Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Governor of Mississippi. What a jackass. The state's governor, Phil Bryant, signed a religious freedom law protecting businesses who discriminate against gay customers. The bill prevents authorities from placing a, quote, burden on a person's right to exercise religion. Mm. Quality Mississippi, excuse me, Equality Mississippi says in two weeks it has distributed over 500 of the stickers which state, quote, we don't discriminate. If you're buying, we are selling. Great message. The American Family Association spokesman, Buddy Smith, another great name, (laughs) said, quote, if you do that, you are agreeing with these businesses that Christians no longer have the freedom to live out the dictates of their Christian faith and conscience. It's not really a buying campaign, but it's a bully campaign. Uh, and it's being carried out by radical homosexual activists who intend to trample the freedom of Christians to live according to the dictates of Scripture. Mm-hmm. They don't want to hear that homosexuality is sinful behavior, and they wish to silence Christians and the church who dare to believe this truth. It's this true. this truth. Yeah, he's just speaking the truth. Hey, so. ha- hashtag truth, everybody. Just Buddy, c- coming at you with a little oppression of the homosexual their radical left-wing agenda buddy smith knows what's up buddy smith you know that's not his probably actually it's mississippi that might be his given name yeah benson hill president of the equality mississippi foundation said at their launch quote through this program customers will know which companies are dedicated to providing their goods and services to all without discrimination of any kind the new law is due to take effect on July 1st. 
What, Congratulations, Mississippi. What's that guy's name? The the leader of the movement, of the positive movement, the the anti discrimination movement. Benson Hill. Benson Hill. Talk about a fucking uphill battle, being that guy in that position in that state. Yeah. Because when you think of forward thinking, progression, societally, you think of Mississippi. Mm, nah. Good old Mississippi. Well, it's positive that they said within two weeks they've distributed over 500 stickers that say we don't discriminate. Statewide? 500? Well. I mean, for Mississippi, that's they may have well have distributed 50,000. Yeah. But I, I just, I love, it's the, the Fox News. News. The Fox News. Everything's a war on every, it, uh, it's a war on Christianity. It's a war. Oh, they're bullying the Christians. I love how it's they're not bullying the gays because it's just truth that gays are homos, homosexuals are sinning. Yeah. That's truth. That that's not considered bullying. But when you say, "Hey Christians, knock it off, dicks." You you say, "Hey, listen, homosexual, you're a sinner who is going to burn in hellfire for eternity." N- not for 10 minutes or for uh, 50,000 years. For all of eternity, for a million, billion, trillion years and beyond, you're going to burn painfully in a lake of fire with wailing and gnashing of teeth. That's not bullying. That's, hey, that's truth. That's fact, everybody. It has nothing to do with genes or nature or how you're born, hormone balances within fetal uh Within fetal development, it has nothing to do with that. It's hellfire and brimstone. Mm, perfect. So thanks a lot, Mississippi. You're dragging us down one jackass policy at a time. Speaking of jackass policies and moron uh, quotes, and I don't want to make the show about Christianity, so we're not. But if you remember last week's episode, we talked about Sarah Palin saying... If I were in charge, they would know that waterboarding is how we baptize terrorists. I I cannot say it enough that her voice (laughs) is the most annoying thing I've ever heard. Like a donkey. It it is like a donkey. Mm-hmm. Or a zonkey. <laughs> what, what? I don't know. The, oh no, the, a zonkey. The zebra donkey. The zebra donkey. The we didn't. We never talked about that. Yeah. yeah. There was a zebra that banged a donkey, and they had a zonkey. How do you know the donkey didn't bang the zebra? Banging's kind of mutual. Why are we choosing one banging the other? They, You're the one who started it. A donkey was in a session of banging. With a zebra, and the product of that banging, mm-hmm. the mutual banging, the consensual banging, consensual donkey on zebra banging, mm-hmm. yes, was a zonkey. Oh God, we are very much off track right now. So speaking of dirty banging zonkeys, Sarah Palin is having a little <laughs> backlash. Yeah, thousands of Christians organize against Sarah Palin after waterboarding joke mocks baptism. Now, this is funny because when we talked about this on the last episode, you had said 
you had talked about the issue mm-hmm. with her mocking baptism, and you wondered how Christians would react. Well, we clearly have a lot of Christians listening to the show. Thanks, Roger in Florida. Um, and they're clearly listening because you're welcome, America, because of this show and the opinions that we hold dearly on this show. Mm. People are taking notice and they're taken to the streets. Yeah, they are. So Faithful America, a large online community of Christians, which I'm sure is fantastic, (laughs) has launched an effort to publicly denounce former Republican vice presidential nominee Sarah Palin after she mocked one of the religion's most important rituals by comparing it to waterboarding. Now, we all heard the statement that she made. Faithful America has already reached its goal of 15,000 signatures on a petition condemning Palin for the remarks. Quote, this is what we've come to in America. A former candidate for vice president can equate torture and holy baptism. And one of the nation's most powerful political lobbies erupts in cheers and applause, Faithful America noted. As usual, Palin's remarks are already making international headlines, once again portraying Christianity as a religion of hatred and violence. Good for them. It sounds like they're not very happy. Listen, you're not going to hear me on this show that often. This is a, really seriously, this is episode 18, history in the making. I'm reading scripture and Christians are actually stepping up to do the right thing. It's awesome. I have no criticism of this whatsoever. They are letting her know in no uncertain terms that she fucked up. Yeah. That you you are, and I think it can be argued whether waterboarding is torture or not. I, that That's a debate that can be had. But you can't s- seriously equate waterboarding, or you seriously cannot mention waterboarding and baptism into Christianity, baptism into eternal glorious life in the same sentence. And, yeah. and have it be just okay. I mean, unless you're, you know, a three-toothed, camouflaged, donned moron at the NRA convention. Which, oh my God. Seriously, go, we will post it on Facebook. Go watch the video just for the crowd shots. <laughs> oh, God, I it don't is, want to. It, it really, it lets me, it makes me think, what's going on in Indianapolis where this was, where this took place? I mean, there... People, all these rednecks must have been driving their their big old jacked up trucks from wherever into the state. Otherwise, Indiana is just it, it is chock full of hillbillies. Yikes! So the petition states, "quote For Christians, torture is not a joke or a political punchline, but a ghastly reminder of the suffering of Jesus upon the cross." By equating it with holy baptism, the act by which we are united with Christ in his death and resurrection, Sarah Palin is blasphemously twisting our faith into a weapon of hatred and violence. No media outlet should cover her remarks without reporting on how sincere Christians of all theological and political persuasions are appalled. Bam. Yeah. They are doing what's called taking care of biz. Good job. What's the name of that organization again so we we can have it on the record? Faithful America. Faithful America, which I'm sure they do some terrible shit as well. But in this case, Faithful America is getting it done. Yeah. Well, and they're staying true to Christianity. Well, it's the same thing I've talked about before relative to Fox News doing their, their bizarre war on everything. And calling out, like, the Muslims, where are the moderate Muslims? Where are the the rational Muslims? 
it's part and parcel. It's the same thing. We should turn that same lens on Christians. And where are they? Yeah. Where are they when things like this get said? And it's a weird thing because, I mean, it's weird in, in the in the from the respect that she is uber popular amongst that demographic. Yeah. And for them to step out of lock stock out of line to 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 chastise her, that's a big deal. Yeah. So good job. We appreciate your effort and uh, keep it up. Thank now, you, Faithful America. Now just come around on the gay thing and we'll be even more uh, more in agreement. Yeah. Speaking of more of agreement, I think we can all agree on this story, this next story, that this Judge Je- uh, Jeannie Howard, Judge Jeannie Howard of the Texas 6th District, um, should probably not get elected this next time around. We should probably give another shout out to selena oh yeah selena from idaho mm-hmm. uh, posted this on her own on her own on her own facebook she didn't well we'll give her half credit because i did half the work by noticing that it was on her wall she didn't put it on our wall on the facebook page yeah so thanks uh for your half-assed effort selena from idaho we appreciate it uh, <laughs> sorry selena i tried to get you full credit apparently jesse d is not interested in doing that <laughs> hey listen you get what you're owed. On this show, you get what you're owed. So, Judge, let's let's dispense with all the credit and bisecting what percentage of credit we're going to give everybody. But what happened is this judge, uh, Jeannie Howard, like I said, from the Texas sec, the Texas Sixth District, she convicted a rapist and sentenced him. So he was found guilty of rape. An 18 year old raped a 14-year-old, and he was convicted and sentenced to 45 days in jail, a month and a half for rape. And then on top of that, because she really wants to stick it to him, she sentenced him to 250 hours of community service to be served at a rape crisis center that services rape victims. So he is going to be serving his his community service around victims of rape. That's, it sounds super, super put together. And some of the other bullshit that went on is that she kept repeatedly asking the girl, the victim of rape. And it was found to have happened. It, this isn't, this guy's a convicted rapist. So they know he raped her asking her over and over. Did you cry during the rape? And because the girl had had two other sexual partners previous to this person. The judge decided she wasn't all that much of a victim after all. I think that's the quote is that, well, you know, she wasn't, she wasn't the victim. She tried to act like she was. So I think we can all agree. Like I said before, judge Jeannie Howard probably doesn't deserve another, another election when her term comes up the Texas Sixth district. Yeah, it's interesting. On her website, she does a 2013 message from Janine. Is it Janine or Jeannie? It does. You listen, Jeannie. She's she's enough of a piece of shit that I don't need to re- re- s- pronounce her name or remember exactly how to say her name. So she whatever. says, "Since January 2007, it has been my pleasure to serve as your elected judge of Criminal District Court Number Six. My goal has been to consistently protect the rights of victims as well as those accused of crime Mm. and to make my Dallas County a better place. With the help of my hardworking court staff, I am pleased to say that these goals are accomplished on a daily basis. 
Except for maybe this time. Except for this time. And as Bobby Villarreal, the executive director of the Dallas area rape crisis center, said, quote, I'm sure she probably thought that it was his way of giving back, perhaps, but it's just not an appropriate place for him to do his community supervision. Just having a criminal defendant in the office could be a triggering effect for many of our clients. And it's probably also, I mean, it's a rape crisis center. I know men get raped as well, but I just, it seems kind of odd to have like a young male working with victims of rape, maybe? I don't know. Especially one who is ignorant enough and vicious enough to rape someone. So even even if he hadn't been convicted, he is the type... To do it, because he did it, and he he clearly doesn't have enough. He doesn't have respect for women. He's a piece of shit. It, when I'm in charge, rape will be considered a capital crime. I'm not a proponent of the death penalty as it stands because I don't believe the state should have the right to take someone's life away. However, for whatever cause, but however, the way we work it right now, capital punishment people, they just you sit on death row, you're not doing anything. If you're convicted of a capital crime when I'm in charge, it's going to be hard labor. You don't you no longer have contact with your family. It's it's terrible. No cable TV, no gym, none of that bullshit. It's it's it, as though you're dead. It, you you will wish for death. And it's not torture. You're just going to do hard labor for the rest of your life. We'll bring back the chain gangs, which in my opinion would be a fitting a fitting punishment for people who rape, for child molesters, for for serial murderers, people who are the worst of the worst in our society. Or they can volunteer to go under deep scientific study and investigation to find out what the fuck we can do to alter their brains to make them not (laughs) be so terrible. Yeah. Anyway, going off on a rant. The other thing... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that I just speaking of creepy and creepers. <laughs> oh geez. <laughs> we we already shared this on the uh, on the on the Facebook page, but the purity balls that are happening. I I don't know if it's taken off. It's a, if it's a trend, but some pictures were taken of fathers and daughters. They're kind of like prom pictures. They're kind of like prom pictures in a lot of ways. One way is that a lot of them are very almost suggestively sexual in the poses, like with arms around the waist and touching on the hips. Well, yeah, like the dads are standing behind the girls and, you know, has her arm around her and she's like holding his arms. Like they look like prom photos. She's in the dress. Right, right. He's in a suit or whatever. And it's creepy. It's very creepy. But for those of you who don't know... Purity balls are not balls. Yeah. I mean, my balls are clean, so they are pure. That's not we're talking about balls like galas. Yes. So the purity ball. How about that? Tee-hee. A re- <laughs> is a religious rite wherein girls pledge not to have sex until they're married, which on its face, I'm OK with that. Yeah, great. Kind well, of. I'm, well, kind of. I, it's like but we you, both back down from what we said. It's OK. What? It's like what we talked about earlier when when you had what were your reservations about this? Because I, on its face, I don't think people waiting until they're adults to have sex is a bad. I don't think abstinence. The liberals and the 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 far radical left wing like to be all weird about 
preaching, teaching abstinence. And I don't think that's a bad thing. As long as you also say, look, the best way to not get pregnant and to not get sexually transmitted diseases is to not have sex. It's like 100%. You're not going to get pregnant. You're not going to, to get any disease. It's fact. But if you're going to, here are the methods by which you protect yourself. Yeah. And that's very important. But this article does mention the kind of issues that are apparent with these purity ball instances. Mm-hmm. They say that it gives this idea that sex is impure because yeah. they need to wait until they have a ring on their finger to be deflowered. And which, which, by the way, I think is weird. Mark your spot there. I'm going to keep interrupting you. If you're waiting till you get married to have sex, I don't, I don't, one, it, it's your choice. I don't think it's weird or not weird, but I think that you could run into some problems. What if you marry somebody who's just not good at, at getting down? You know, that, that sex is a large part of a relationship. It's a huge part. And if you choose someone who is a wonderful partner intellectually or spiritually or whatever, but is just terrible in the sack, that's a bummer. You're taking out a large portion of what makes up a marriage and a a physical, spiritual, intellectual relationship. I think it's definitely something that people need to figure out if they fit. Yeah. You know. Literally and figuratively. (laughs) And so it's kind of a weird. Also, it's this traditional idea of, you know, you graduate high school and then you start dating and well, when are you going to get married? And it's jumping on the married train and you're, if you're not having sex because you're not supposed to have sex until you're married, you're going to want to get married earlier because you want to start banging. Yeah. But if that's not an expectation and it's banging and it's, you know, go get your college education, explore, don't get pregnant, you know, use those methods that we've taught you how to use protect yourself but you know well and it's not even that you can't accomplish those things having a baby um but it just makes it goddamn way more difficult once you have a kid your options are limited and the pace at which you can achieve things is slowed very very drastically yeah so another one of the issues with it is that it's all daughters and no sons absolutely very weird very weird that it's it's talked about so aggressively toward women oh purity rings and 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 even like mormons that we know they you know their ctr their choose the right or whatever the hell their little their rings are to remind them of being pure and, and, and everything it it's it goes to that thing that it's really preached toward to the women yeah but it also should be preached to the to the boys yeah. why not have a purity prom or a purity ball where where both the, the the woman the the the, the girl and the, and the and the boy they go together but they're pledging purity and have parents there as chaperone i mean i i don't get going with the dad it's just it's goofy and creepy well and that's another i think it's throwing it back to the idea another traditional idea where the man gives away his daughter at a wedding she's being mm. transitioned from one male owner to another male owner which Look, on its face, I think that sounds very, uh, that's so ultra liberal and weird. But that is exactly what's happening because throughout history, that is what happens. When you get married and your father walks you down the aisle, yeah, that's a, that's a great tradition and it's 
but that is based on fact that this isn't even you can't even argue this that is based on the father receiving a dowry receiving payment for allowing his daughter to be married to whomever and then giving her away because she is his property that's fucking weird that's weird in a modern society that we still not just hearken back to that but we we still honored that that tradition yeah in marriage ceremonies yeah because y- you are no one's property no unmarried woman out there married women out there you are no one's property you are your own sentient being your own intellectual force powerhouse you don't need someone to give you away you make the choice to to spend your life with or without someone on your own you don't need your father doing that so i I think it's inappropriate living in modernity to to give any credence to that tradition at all but maybe i'm just a dick well, it could be both. So then <laughs> the other problem with it is the idea of dressing a preteen girl in something that looks like a wedding dress. So it's kind of like the quinceanera. Yeah, which is, ugh, don't get me started. Well, you just did. We have been. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Listen, I've been to a few of them to not the church ceremony, because believe it or not, we were. In, listen, we were at a we were at a wine bar. Where was that? Was that in Long Beach? And we got to talking about a quinceanera. And the person was disagreeing with me that it was a religious event. And it is absolutely, without any uncertainty, a religious event. It's where she's becoming, it's like a bat mitzvah. The female version of a bar mitzvah, for those, for those of you who aren't aware. It's, it's a, a, a rite of passage for the young girl, the quinceanera. So when she, she reaches the age, they, have the, they go to the church, they have the ceremony, she has the party. And it's very weird where they've got young men dancing around her, and it's very sexualized. And then it all, they get gifts, odd, fucking weird gifts, lingerie and woman gifts. So if you're asking yourself why the Latin community is cranking out kids at record pace, it's because of a religious influence that there are women now. You're a woman now. And they're not women. They're teenage girls. They're young teenage girls, 15 years old. So it, listen, we need to, if you want to not sexualize your child, purity balls, um, then let's not make such a giant deal about it. Because in one stroke, you're making sex and sexuality dirty and wrong and taboo. And that's, that's a problem. that's largely the problem i I know growing up and uh brett contributor to the show brett mcafee has talked about this for a long time in fact we've got pictures of he and i joking pictures that we've we've titled angry god where we're shaking our fists to the heavens that brett you know a lot of the guilt that was experienced with the religious experience growing up was about not having sex and that's Listen, if you're being safe, you're being safe. There's nothing dirty about sex. There's nothing horrible or wrong or anything that should be guilt-inducing about sex. Well, and it does a disservice to children to 
talk about it in terms like that to both girls and boys. It shouldn't be this weird conversation that you have to have with them. It should be like, listen, this is what happens. This is biology. This is the way things go down. This is what you need to do to be healthy. You're going to start having these feelings. You're going to start wanting this to be a part of your life. And it's normal and it's natural. It's not just normal and natural. It is, it is for sure those things, but I can tell you what it's for sure not. It's not demons, and it's not the devil in your ear telling you, oh, you want to have sex. Uh. If you hear that voice, that's Kevin Swanson, the truth wiener. That's not the devil. <laughs> and you need to run for the hills because that guy's too close. Or that's just an auditory hallucination that you're having. <laughs> and that's something to be concerned about. But it's certainly not that sex is dirty. There's something to be said for admonishing your children not to have sex because it's a very adult thing that involves adult uh, emotions and adult responsibilities. And that's, that is something that where I, I line up with Christians on the abstinent train, the abstinence train, because it involves adult problems that don't, that kids don't need to deal with and shouldn't be dealing with. So I'm with them there. But if, kids are going to have sex then let if they're going to be doing adult things and there's no way you can control them from doing that don't guilt them give them the ammunition intellectually to take care of themselves so there you go birds and the bees from jesse d and Brittany p (laughs) wow that's a rap song we need to get some music over that yeah birds and the bees from jesse d and Brittany p that was a terrible rap. That was terrible. I was bobbing my head the whole time, though, <laughs> well, trying to help you out. You don't bob your head to Kanye. Yeah, I do. You do? Probably. I don't know. We should test it. <laughs> All right. All right, everybody. On next episode, we're going to have an <laughs> empirical, empirical scientific research study done on Britney listening to Kanye. It'll probably be super boring, so don't, don't plan on tuning in to episode 19. <laughs> With that... We are going to turn off the mics. We're going to tune out here. We appreciate you listening. As always, if you have something to add, please do. After you've reviewed and and rated us on iTunes. Because we don't (laughs) care what you have to say until we know that you have contributed something positive to this endeavor. Until you've qualified yourself as an actual listener, (laughs) we kid. Uh, Get on the Facebook page. Tell your friends, tell your family. Let's, I mean, this thing is already worldwide. I was just talking to a couple people that the metrics that I'm actually able to track relative to listeners, we have listeners in Wasilla, Alaska, and this is no joke, which is where Sarah Palin is from. That's where she was the mayor of that town. So (laughs) we are definitely reaching the world and we appreciate you listening. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore. This is I Doubt. No one believing in Jesus commits mass murder.